Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Recording live Sunday night, hot on the heels of the news of the day, which is we, our podcast has been purchased uh, in tandem with TikTok by Oracle. Mm -hmm. So we are now owned by our Oracle overlords, which we welcome. And uh, yeah, this this is uh, we're going to start doing these podcasts just in little TikTok videos from here on out. So make sure you subscribe. I'm joined by Aaron Alvarado. Aaron, how is it in L.A. uh, knowing now that Halloween's been canceled? I, for one, am am happy that Halloween's canceled. And speaking of the TikTok, (laughs) the only the only requirement they told us, yes, we do have to do it in the small segments. And also we have to hashtag save our children. Oh, because that's huge on TikTok. I thought you were going to go with a, a Hong Kong hashtag. Um. Nah, we don't uh, we don't discuss that place on TikTok unless we want to get banned. Saving saving the children's fine, but we don't talk yeah. about HK. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I am going to withhold my tongue on the saving the children stuff. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into that. Just we want to save it to the me. children. We want to save the children. We yes, definitely exactly definitely save we, the children. We want to save the children. Yeah, we absolutely do. Um, that's, that's the name of this episode. I, it's we should have named this episode yeah. "Saving the Children," <laughs> and then reviewed the movie "Cuties" on Netflix. <laughs> 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 it's terrible. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my gosh! I have not watched it. I will not watch it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, if it's, it's in your queue, I think you're suspect. So you might be getting a call. <laughs> from... Could you imagine? Could you imagine if if Netflix, in an effort to stop this cancel Netflix hashtag, which you got to imagine the folks at Netflix are probably running around. There's been a lot of Zoom conference calls this past week. I'll put it oh, that yeah. way. Um, if they just decided to hand over the list of everyone that has that film in their queue to the authorities, they're just like, here you go. Make the hashtag go away. Yeah. And uh, which the government can do, by the way. They can well, definitely that, make a hashtag go away. You know, I, we, you know, we don't really delve into serious topics here. But do you know what a no. honeypot is? Uh, yes. Okay, so I think that is what Netflix was in, engaged in a honeypot with this movie. Whoa! And so it's actually a government uh, operation. Oh my gosh! So anyone that watches or plays this uh, cuties movie, it's a movie. And honestly, I didn't know anything about it. I thought it was a movie yeah. about little little oranges, but it's not. No, different it's cuties. not. No, different. Yeah, no. It's, yeah, not. Not about the little oranges, <laughs> which I would watch a documentary about if we're being honest. Yeah, absolutely. I, how, do, how are they made? Are they Who invented we, the cutie orange? Yes. Is it an orange in a lab that we made smaller? I don't know. I would I watch that is. documentary, but yeah, not yeah. the one that they um, – we won't be reviewing or watching that, that so no worries. Well, there. I canceled Netflix for an unrelated reason. <laughs> okay. So, I was going to yeah. say, yeah, I know you canceled it, but it wasn't for that reason. Um, <laughs> well, it's because my mom canceled it and I'm on her account. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, you can't mom. piggyback Netflix anymore. Um, <laughs> what you should do is cancel Netflix and then subscribe to Apple TV Plus. And why is yeah. that? Because there's, well, just I should warn you, not as much content as Netflix, not, not nearly as much content. Uh, there's only about four shows. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Actually, I did watch that. Uh, is it called Finding Jacob or Defending Jacob? Defending or? Jacob. Yeah. It's, that's solid. That was actually really, really decent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Defending Jacob was something. I, I, uh, we won't review the whole thing here, but I struggled with the end a little bit. It's dark. 
I but liked it's, it. It's good. Yeah. yeah, no, I knew I knew you. I watched yeah. it. Aaron's going to love this. Oh, yeah. Um, no, Aaron, look, one of my f- new favorite shows right now, I just could not have predicted this, especially being on Apple TV+, Plus. nor did I think this was a good idea, but now I am just so head over heels in love with the show, and it's Ted Lasso with Jason mm-hmm. Sudeikis, okay? This is a TV show that's based off of a, a character literally from a commercial made for <laughs> NBC Sports about this 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 coach Ted Lasso that's in over his head, played by Jason Sudeikis, literally like an SNL sketch, right? Apple greenlights it for a whole show, and it just sounded like just doomed for disaster. Uh, now the showrunner, co-showrunner, um, is the guy Bill Lawrence who made Scrubs, and I think Cougar Town or something. He's he's done a bunch of shows, but he's most well known for being the the sole showrunner and creator of Scrubs, a very popular show. Um, Did you like Scrubs? You, Are you a Scrubs head? You know, I'm actually not a Scrubs head. I never really watched it. I've maybe seen one full episode. I like um, everything so. on that show except for Zach Braff. Yeah. I was so if say, you I get a more... Zach Braff uh, list scrubs, I'd be in. Yeah. I would watch one with Adam Driver instead. Oh, Adam yeah. Swap out. Yeah. Yeah. I would do that. Um, Let's deep fake that with Adam Driver instead. <laughs> so, so, dude, Ted Lasso, have you been watching this? Oh, yeah. I've seen three episodes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we got to get you. To, I think there's seven that's been released. They Ooh, release every okay. Friday. I don't know how many episodes are in a season. Maybe ten. Look, it's thirty minute episodes. These things are. Um, it's very. It's light. It's very feel good. It's kind of. Uh, it's meant to be funny. It's. It's kind of like Parks and Rec in a way. Kind of light hearted. Um, it, there's a lot of language. So just you know. For the sense Good language, it is. as far as I'm concerned. Well, and bad. <laughs> a lot of this place takes in Britain. So lots of language. Um, so just fair warning there. Yes, but it's true. it is a heartwarming show. Yeah. It's kind of a, a feel-good show. But it's just, it tickles the funny bone for me. It's really, really funny. And, it's totally uh, unexpected, which is what I appreciate about it. I mean, I'm not even a huge Jason Sudeikis fan, but... I think he's perfect in this. He's perfect. <laughs> he's so good in this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as is his co-coach or or his assistant coach, Coach Beard, who's one yeah. of the showrunners and producers and writers. Oh, is of the he show. really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I found that out uh, through uh, well, a story that I'm gonna tell you right now, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> so last week's episode of Ted Lasso, uh, I'm watching it. And Jason Sudeikis' character, his, he gets upset with one. So I guess I should back up a little bit. The whole conceit of the show is uh, this college basketball coach for, uh, I believe it's Wichita State, the Shockers. Um, he gets hired to coach a Premier League soccer team in England. So the whole premise of the show is this guy who really is not at all qualified to coach professional soccer gets hired by a soccer team to go coach out there. And, of course, you know, hijinks ensue. So that's that's really what the show is about. And so there's a scene in last week's episode where he gets really upset at his star player who refuses to practice. And he starts going a rant about how they're talking about practice. And it becomes very evident to me that he is reciting what I consider to be one of the greatest NBA clips, certainly off the court, in NBA history. Uh, this is the famous press conference done by Allen Iverson, one of my favorite players of all time. Um, and he is ranting about this press conference where he gets asked a question about why he missed practice that week. And he goes on and on and on about we talking about practice, not the game. We're not even talking about the game. We're talking about practice. And he goes on and on and on. And I'm, and I'm watching Ted Lasso, and he's, I realize that he's not just like inspired by the practice speech. He's literally quoting verbatim the words from Allen Iverson, but 
tweaking them just enough for it to work in this scene in this way that was both funny, like genuinely hilarious, but yet they weren't playing it up for laughs. It was like a serious scene, and he's using it perfectly in a way that I feel like if no one knew about Alan Iverson's press conference, like I imagine people in the UK who watch this show have no idea about this Alan Iverson press conference. And so to them, it just seems like, you know, a normal scene. Like they have no idea that this is like a carefully crafted word for word <laughs> pull from a real life event. And it, I just thought it was so funny. I, I rip it and I edited in uh, clips of Alan Iverson uh, at the podium in this press conference um, right after Jason Sudeikis says the lines and the thing. So I, I put a little mashup together and I, and I put it up. I put it up in the Twitter, Twitter sphere. Uh, and it got some play, Aaron. It got some play. It got the attention of some folks. Uh, do you want, want me to play the clip and I can tell Please. you the aftermath? Yeah. Okay. Let's, All right. Let's All right. Here's the clip. Let's see. Uh, this is from uh, Ted Lasso's. Uh, was it two Fridays ago, this clip? Uh, here we go. Hey. Can't practice, you can't practice. You're hurt, you're hurt. It's as simple as that. If I can't practice, I can't practice, ma'am. I'm hurt, I'm hurt. Simple as that. But it ain't about that. At all. It ain't about that. At all. You're sitting in here, you're supposed to be the franchise player. And yet here we are, talking about you missing practice. As we sitting in here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. We're talking about practice. You understand me? Practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Not the game you go out there and die for. Not the game that I go out there and, and die for. Right? Play every weekend like it's your last, right? No, we talking about practice, man. And play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. Practice. You know you're supposed to be out there. You know you're supposed to lead by example. You're just shoving that all aside. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to leave by example. I know that. And I'm not I'm not shoving it aside. So here we are, Jamie. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not the game. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice, man. We're, talk we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. <laughs> <laughs> So I clip that together. It's really amazing, especially as I'm Great going job. through it. That's, that's actually really funny. It's really nice funny. Edit. It's a really nice good edit. bit. No, well, thanks. Uh, <laughs> very little effort on my end. But I, I thought it was a great bit how they really weave the language into the scene. So I tweet it out. Okay. Uh, immediately, I get a like on the tweet from Jason Sudeikis. Ooh. Now, for, I know. I know. I'm like, wait a second. How, I didn't tweet at Jason Sudeikis. How, you know. I can't believe that Mr. Olivia Wilde himself is sitting at home just tracking the Ted Lasso hashtag and liking them. And so I look at his Twitter profile and he doesn't ever tweet. And so I realize, like, OK, he's set up to auto like the Ted Lasso hashtag. Sure. OK, that's what this is. But then I get retweeted and quote retweeted by the assistant coach in the show, Coach Beard, who's also a writer and a producer and a co-showrunner. And he says, thanks for this, David. <laughs> and I was like, well, oh, that's not an auto. That's not an auto thing. And then it gets liked and retweeted by the editor of this episode. And then liked and retweeted by the writer of the episode. And then Bill Lawrence himself, the creator of Scrubs, likes and retweets it as well. And we're Very off good. to the races. So here I am. You know, not my most viral moment in the world. But, you know, it's... What's uh, the engagement look like? 
well, I don't look, think so I've we, seen the numbers. We got about uh, 624 likes, 260, almost 200, 259 retweets. Okay. And, well, but the but the video but, views is it's been viewed 244,000 times. Okay. And what about let's get under the hood? What uh, how many impressions? Uh, you know, I don't I don't do under the hood stats. I just <laughs> uh, I just. <laughs> I only share surface level. All right, I okay. want to. I want to. You be, have to yeah, pay I mean, for the premium. <laughs> I want to be. A, I want to be. A, yeah, page, subscribe to our Patreon, and we'll tell you. We'll tell you. Look, I want to be a gentleman. I don't want to sure. rub numbers in people's faces. Let's just say yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> well, two hundred forty-four thousand views. I, yeah. I'd, I'd imagine it's quite a few impressions. Well, I was excited. Look, a lot of verified Twitter accounts are sharing it. Uh, I noticed I got another bump on it just this past Friday when the next episode came out. I realized people oh, are searching the Ted Lasso hashtag. My tweet is now the first one that comes up. Okay. Awesome. And I'm getting all these comments and stuff, but it clearly there's like the, the Ted Lasso crew as a Slack channel that this was <laughs> shared in, you know, because all of the people that have worked on the show, there's a character named Danny Rojas who is a player on the team. He's retweeted it, liked it, responded to it. Uh, and so it's been, int- you know, it's been clearly shared in their circles. Um, and, you know, that's cool. I'm glad. I, I, I honestly was surprised that I was the first one to do it, a cut, an edit of this and put it out there. It's almost like you're a professional and you know exactly <laughs> how this stuff works. <laughs> no, no, I'm just an amateur at home, just, you know, piddling around. Sure, now, exactly. <laughs> I would say the... Uh, <laughs> so, um, the next, uh, I guess the next part of the story... I have mixed feelings about, okay? I, I was both excited and horrified to see that uh, one of my favorite Twitter, fo- Twitter followers, a man who is 12-year NBA veteran, mm-hmm. Rex Chapman, who has a million followers on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Okay. He is known for his viral videos. Aaron, he tweets out my video. That's awesome. Yeah. Rex tweets out my video. And I was excited. Like, hey, a Rex Chapman retweet. Isn't that great? But wait, wait, no, it wasn't a retweet. He didn't retweet my tweet, Aaron. What did Rex do? What did, oh, Rex ripped my video. He ripped my video. It looks like he (laughs) took the video and hosted it himself. He rehosted it. Yeah, so I'm sharing in the screen now. You can see here, Rex (laughs) writes his own tweet. I noticed that he copied and pasted my Apple TV Plus parts. I know that because I use the Apple icon instead of the word Apple, which is the actual official logo, you know? And I know Rex did not figure out how to do that himself. I know that for a fact. He copies and tweets that, rips my video, and then underneath, if you can see here in the screenshot, underneath the video it says, from David Stoffer. (laughs) (laughs) In about the smallest text of all of the tweets. (laughs) So there nope. is some attribution. So we know no one makes it to that bottom part of the tweet, right? We know their eyes are on just on the video. Nobody no reads about reading who my name. No one's that. clicking through to my. No, no one's seeing my tweet. No, of course not. No. By the way, he got three thousand likes at the time and eight hundred retweets. Wow. Yeah, yeah. None of those wow. engagements go to me. That's fine. I'm not in it for the stats. Wow. I'm in it for the fame. <laughs> but. But, like, he's become – Rex Jabin's become this big, like, NBA Twitter influencer. Like, he's, right. like, a big – I mean, he's, like, in that scene. And it was just, like, homie, maybe at the d stuff in the body of the tweet or something. Sure. Like, if Credit you're not going to quote – I'm going to quote HT, retweet, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, a hat tip or it would be nice. Yeah, 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 hat tip. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he just go – he went ahead and just ripped that right off. Which, look, I love Rex Chapman. I loved him in the, when he was a player in the mm-hmm. NBA. 
I used actually ex- used him quite extensively in uh, NBA Live. Oh yeah, appreciated his stats. Very good at the, from three. Um, I knew that he had a he's had quite a a struggle in his post NBA career. He was addicted to pain medications. Had to go to mm-hmm. rehab. Really got into some serious legal trouble with those addictions. He stole a bunch of things from Apple stores to pay debts and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, he's actually. From what I understand, he's really rehabilitated himself, and now yeah. he's like sober and he's clean. But I thought his days of thievery were over. And, <laughs> uh, well, listen, you can't think of it like thievery, all right? Like you said, he was he was a three point specialist. So think about it was. this way: okay, uh, when he's on Twitter, he's standing in the corner waiting mm. for that three for that pass, that skip pass, so he can just shoot from from behind the arc. You offered up that assist, my friend. Okay. He was waiting to <laughs> he was waiting to drill that three from the corner and you completed that pass to him. So think of it that way. Well, I'm happy for the I'm happy to provide the assist to yeah. uh, Mr. Yeah. Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> you got the dime. You got the dime, buddy. That's you. You're the playmaker. Well, look, the moral of the story is go watch Ted Lasso. Yeah. Uh, if you can handle a little bit of the language, it's really uh honestly it's a hilarious show. It's very funny. It's it's really, really good. It's honestly my favorite. Also, it's like it's that. like PG thirteen language. Let's be honest. It's not even a hard R. Yeah, there's multiple F words in each episode, so it does. Uh, quite, I think that's pa- allowed. I'm pretty sure in 2020 yeah, that's allowed. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, that's my Ted Lasso story. Very funny. Let's, let's get into talk about movie theaters because movie theaters are open again. Where I live. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for qualifying <laughs> that because they are not open in, in uh, LA County. So. Yeah, what's going on? Aaron, where's the closest movie theater to you? Oh, uh, the closest one that's opened? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the one you went to in Sacramento. So that's great. My gosh. No, San yeah. Diego, right? San Diego. Has San Diego, theater, yeah, so. exactly. About two and a half hours away. So Yeah, that's pretty far to drive for. It's pretty far. So you haven't seen Tenet yet? Have not seen Tenet. I haven't okay. been in a movie theater in six months. Well, um, It's sad, really. <sighs> Look, movie theaters are struggling. They're struggling to get people back in. Struggling so much so that uh, I noticed when our local Cinemark opened this week, they were running a promotion. <laughs> they were offering basically private watch parties. Renting, you can rent out an entire auditorium to watch any of these, what they call comeback classics. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. they had a list of movies that you could watch. They had a list of movies. And okay. the list included uh, The Empire Strikes Back. A Dirty Dancing. Weirdly, Sonic the Hedgehog from earlier this year was on the list. Um, <laughs> ba- yeah, I said Back to the Future. Uh, Jurassic okay. Park was on that okay. list. Uh, the Goonies was All on that right. list. Yeah. Um, and I was like, private watch party. This would be fun. You know, I am I know a thing or two about what it costs to rent out theaters. I did it my last job. I used to yep. work out. We'd throw company parties. And I, I helped out one time looking into what it costs, which basically – is really the cost of paying for an, a matinee or an adult price movie ticket for every seat in there. So, right. I mean, you know, do the math how big these theaters are. Uh, it's not cheap. So I wasn't thinking seriously about doing it myself. But I did have some friends in town from Arizona. And I, we wanted to get have a get-together with our, you know, a group of our friends to, like, you know, enjoy each other's company, throw a little party. And I looked into it, Aaron, and for $99, I could rent out an auditorium. And no watch way. Party. Yeah. $99? $99. <laughs> $99. Oh, my God. That's yeah. incredible. So I thought, oh, okay. I would do that, honestly, for just Lindsay and I. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> well, wh- my question is, why can't you just like play any movie? Why do you have to pick Sonic the Hedgehog or Back to the Future? So, so I could pick Tenet. I could pick the personal oh, history wow. of David Copperfield. I could pick the new ones for double the price. Oh. Okay. I'm not paying yeah. 200 bucks to watch Tenet. Sorry. No, nah, no, nah, we're not going to be paying 200 dollars to watch Tenet. Not, not going to happen. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll show you here. Just I'll turn the audio off. But you can see. So I that's your theater. Pick, oh dude. my god. <laughs> so I, I, I rent the thing, and I'm thinking I'm getting the small auditorium. No big deal though. Now, because of the COVID restrictions of how many yeah. people you can have in it, it I'm, I'm capped to 20 people. So 20 people at the party. Okay. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, that's fine. 20 people. And uh, I get there and I'm like, oh, they're giving me one of the biggest theaters in the place. Like, you seen this? Like, that's massive. It's huge. And they're all luxury loungers, yeah. by the way. Uh, the comfy kind, too, which is great. Uh, I mean, I was stunned. And so we watched, this was last night at 9 20 p.m. We watched Jurassic Park, me and a group <laughs> of my friends. And we were laughing and shouting at each other, throwing popcorn. I got up and I ran laps around the auditorium at one point just to get some <laughs> exercise. I was, I was acting like I was running from the velociraptors in the mm-hmm. kitchen scene. It was, it, was, it was honestly just like a playpen. It was so fun. And uh, it was – yeah, it was a riot. It was great. The one rule I think they said is going in there, like you have to keep your masks on unless you're eating popcorn or drinking soda. So we just made sure that we were constantly shoving popcorn in our faces. Oh, yeah. so we never put our masks on, which was great. Smart. That's brilliant. Yeah. No, it worked. Yeah, it worked. Uh, was the snack bar open or what's the deal Yeah, it sure was. Okay. And you know what? It didn't look like there was anyone else there to see anything. Like it looked like we were the only people in the whole place. And the snack well, bar, it was fully staffed. These kids were trying oh. to get – you know. They're trying to get back on the payroll. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's, you know, uh, yeah. Well, th- I mean, that's why it's ninety nine bucks because literally no one's going there except for no one's going. insane yeah. people like you and your friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's well, yeah. Hey, I got I took everyone's temperature before they went in. I you know uh, I get to pay. orally. Friends, I hope my friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Hey, you rent an auditorium. You can do whatever you want. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Do whatever you want. The door closes, and they say, "What happens hey, inside?" You, stays you rented that theater. You're the boss. So I'm the boss. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, no, but like my friends who have had who have COVID or have had COVID, I said, "You are not welcome. You cannot mm-hmm. come here." They'd, they're like, ah, but I got it in early March. Or my friends are like, I had it back in January. I was like, mm-hmm. nah, nah, you're not coming. Nope. December for me. As far as I'm concerned, you have it in your system for a year. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, dude, it was a blast. That's so cool. I, That's actually really awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If I had more reasons to throw parties, I would do this as many times as possible because it's not it's not profitable for them. No. Like, Absolutely not. For them to be open to screen the movie, which it was so cool to see Jurassic Park on the big screen again. Oh, I mean, course. it was really well, amazing. I mean, you know the only reason they have staff right now is because they're having to pay out to get that... Uh, PPE loan? The P- <laughs> the, yeah, the PPP loan forgiven. PPP, they yeah, have to yeah, pay yeah. out... Uh, 40% of that has yep. to go to employees or else they're going to yep. have to pay it back. So they, they have to pay it back, absolutely yeah. took that loan. And they're Look, not going to pay it back. So, <laughs> and I'm happy to help. I'm happy to help. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Whatever way to make that happen. So I don't know. I wonder how much longer they'll do it. But this may or may not be the last private watch party I have. Dude, do it, it that again. That's, I might. That's I really might. I really yeah. might. Uh, but the main thing to talk about here, the main reason that movie theaters are opened again, is Christopher Nolan's Tenet. We've been waiting for this movie. Now we will later. Not in this episode, but in a future episode, we will do a full deep dive breakdown, pros and cons, what we loved about it, what we hated about it, whatever. 
We will do a detailed Full breakdown. spoilers. Full spoilers. We will do that. When Aaron has seen it. When the mayor of Los Angeles decides to allow you. Uh, 2021 is what I'm guessing. 2021. So, okay. Next summer, I'll probably see it. Next summer. Oh, you're going to. Yeah, it's going to be a great. It's a great summer movie. So it's good. It's good. That well, you I hear it's like a time bending movie, right? So it'll just I'll, I'll feel like it's 2020. Yeah. Well, uh, half of you, it'll be 2020, and uh, the other half will be 2021. Woo! (laughs) Um, No, so we're going to have non spoiler conversation here about my thoughts. I figured. I'll, I'll let you fire away some questions. Yeah, I mean, you we, we haven't discussed this at all, so we I'm, have I'm not. totally could. Yeah, you don't so even how many know times, how I feel. So I know you've seen it at least once. Did yeah. you only see it once? I saw it twice. Oh, okay. So you've seen it twice. Yep. Uh, same theater or different theaters? Same theater. So I went. Uh, there was a county. My county had not reopened yet, but a mm-hmm. neighboring Sacramento county called El Dorado County had opened. Mm-hmm. They had one theater that was open. And day one of their reopening, I was there. I saw Tenet myself. I had purchased IMAX tickets for that weekend with Lindsay, which was my second time to see it. And that was on Friday or Saturday. And so this was Wednesday night, my first viewing. And it was, um, yeah, it was interesting because I could tell, well, first off, the local news was there. In the lobby. Oh, yeah. They want to know what psychopaths were going to go see movies. Yeah, exactly. On the first day. Oh, <laughs> again, like, this is a yeah. this this theater showing was a honeypot. So they <laughs> were trying to, <laughs> so trying I, to figure out who's going to be the super spreader. I am going. Yeah. So I'm going in. I'm waiting in line for popcorn. I'm trying not to make eye contact with the reporter from Good Day Sacramento. And he's like, he's he's looking. He, I can tell he's looking at like who is oh, yeah. interviewable. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I could tell he's locking on. He's trying to get me to make eye contact with him. So he does the whole like, oh, come here, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he knows. He knows. Come he here, looks you at look me like and you I have look a podcast like, about movies. I look like someone who wants to be in front of the like, – who, who would relish a chance yeah, to be on television, exactly. right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he's like, hey, can we interview you about your first – and I said, absolutely not, no. And, and he was like taken back like, what? And I was like, my parents watch the local news. I don't want them seeing me – making such a horrible decision like being <laughs> back in a movie theater day whatever reopening is a oh, poorly ventilated poorly oh, yeah. uh enforced you know and it's, this is really a, a super box, spreader it it's, a, it's a super spreader site is what it is yes, exactly. it's a super it's spreader a petri, site. Di- petri dish so yeah do is. i want to be on television showing people that i'm there like no i don't endorse this behavior <laughs> <laughs> so I, my hope is that they they showed you on the news but like uh blurred out your face <laughs> and changed your voice Yes, do give do like the witness protection program people that and like you know those document the twenty twenty or date you know <laughs> dateline or whatever that's like I always you always you know just I thought tenant was okay two point five out of four stars uh, or, you know just like I'm giving my hot takes on tenant in a distorted serial killer <laughs> robot voice um, yeah it was so yeah it, it was a wild experience going in there uh, but I realized how quickly people warmed up to. Because I was grateful. I walked in. I, I had some gratitude for the first time. You know, you and I, of course, worked in movie theater for several years. I go into those places and, and, you know, I have a certain response to them. It's like, I know how these are run. I know what's going on. I really do know what's going on. Yes. And I absolutely. feel for the people behind the counter. I, you know, I also know just how hard it can be and how underpaid these people are. But it's a high school job for a lot of these kids and whatever. That's fine. But I walk in and I just saw how, you know, I was grateful just to be in a theater again. But it didn't take people long. It did not take people long to, to immediately grow entitled. I, I'm in the middle of my transaction ordering a large popcorn when a woman 
who you know how you do this thing where like if you waited in line and you got your things already but then you forgot something or they forgot something you feel like you're entitled to go cut the line being like oh, oh yeah. i already bought my thing so whatever i need i can interrupt whoever is you know and this woman does that in the middle of my being like large popcorn amazing. but i'm telling him how many layers i'm in the middle of doing that you know that whole rigmarole and she's like uh uh excuse me um the condiments for my hot dog are where's the relish uh there's no relish you have no relish and i'm like okay here we go <laughs> here we go first We're off back baby for, this is yeah. It's incredible that you purchased a hot dog at a movie theater, by the way. Just Ooh, number that, one. That's mistake number one right there. Oh, my gosh. It's the thing I tell people first. But people are like, what do, you know, having worked at a movie theater or even when I'm talking about Taco Bell, people are like, oh, what would you like? Tell me like the dirty things that go behind the scenes of Taco Bell. I'm like, no, 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 no. Taco Bell was like freaking clean compared to the hot dogs at Century Theaters. Never yeah, exactly. order them ever. Ever, 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 ever. That's the key. It was it was our theater that I'm sure and I'm sure it was chain wide. But yeah, our theater in in particular was absolutely disgusting about the hot dogs. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, I remember my my opening shift first day I worked there when it was like, oh, yeah. Can you take care of the hot dogs on the grill? And I was like, sure. And they'd been there all day long. They were looking rough, you know. And so I grabbed the tongs and I dropped one. I'm about to drop the first one in the trash. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? What are you doing? I was like. (laughs) He's like, gonna throw, charge you for that. I'm throwing away the hot dogs. You said take. He's like, I said take care of the hot dogs, not throw them away. I was like, these are the ones from. They've been out all day, like since the morning. He goes, no, no, no. You put them in a Ziploc bag. You put them in the fridge, and we put them back out tomorrow morning. And I was like, oh, oh, jeez. And it was that moment I realized I wanted to be back making cheesy gordita crunches again. I wanted to be <laughs> back in a clean environment like Taco Bell. <laughs> Insane. The amount of pathogens that were in that in those hot dogs. I honestly cannot believe that the people didn't get sick eating those the, things. Well, they did. They had to. Yeah, I mean, they there's had to. no way. Those things were green some mornings. I'd pull them out Absolutely. like, this is green. It's a green right. hot dog. Yeah. But people are just like, nom, nom, nom. Give me that relish. And so, exactly. Anyway, I need the relish and the ketchup and the mustard. Yeah, ma- if they, if they the cover mustard. the green spots with ketchup and mustard, they're none, you know, they're, <laughs> as long as they can't see it, they'll still scarf it down. It's really incredible stuff. So oh, yeah. anyway, I just thought it was amazing to seeing people already yelling at the kids behind the counter about all sorts of kind of, you know, they didn't have the straws. They wanted to know where the straws were. It was mm. wonderful. But anyway, uh, we, I'm going to tell you about Tenet. I'm going to talk to you about Tenet. Please. I'm, I don't want to give away anything now. So... I think Tenet. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, how do I say this? Uh, it is a great movie to experience on the big screen. And mm. I think it honestly is wonderful. It's the really, if theaters can reopen safely, it's a great welcome back to the big screen type of movie. Welcome back to movie theaters. Like, it really is great to see on a big screen. And my second viewing was on an IMAX screen, and it's really something special. It's a loud movie. It's got incredible action. Uh, it's jam-packed. It's two and a half hours of really relentless, nonstop action. It really is. And it's just something you have to experience in the theaters. So when it comes to movies that are kind of shepherding back the, the in-theater era again, I, mean, I can think of no better film, really, than something like Tenet. Now, did I like the movie? Well, um, I enjoyed the experience of watching it in a theater. However, <laughs> okay. halfway through the movie, Aaron, mm-hmm. I had to throw my hands up and acknowledge to myself <laughs> and to anyone around me that would listen because I was by myself. Yeah. I don't know what's happening Ooh. in the movie anymore. I don't understand what's happening. 
for a lot of reasons, okay? It's yeah. a mind bender. We're ta- I'm not going to yeah. get into plot points or details. It's messing with timelines and it's messing sure. with, you know, it's a lot's going on. Also, I can't hear dialogue, okay? Nolan has dug his heels into this. <sighs> I'm talking, there are characters that are going like 65 miles an hour on these catamarans on the, on the ocean. They're just oh cruising along and they got these God. helmets with these like, I'm not even kidding, microphones. And they're, they're, oh they're having man. like key exposition, like these expository notes that you really got to understand to connect some of the pieces. And you just can't hear it. You just can't hear it. And so I thought... Well, I, I don't know what's happening, period. But there's explosions and there's actions and there's car chases and, you know, I'm going to enjoy this. But, like, we need to, like, acknowledge here that, like, you can be either very confusing and have a mind-bending thing and give the audience a break to catch their breath and understand what's happening, okay? Like, you can do that, right? But you can't be so confusing and mind-bending and not allow anyone to hear a word that's going on, okay? You just can't, especially IMAX. IMAX was even worse than the first go-around. Oh, yeah, I now, bet. I will say the second time I saw it, it was a much more enjoyable experience because I had a firmer grasp of, like, the plot points because um, when, I'm so, when I'm so caught up in the mechanics of what's happening here, the how of the mechanics of the movie, which I was really caught up into, especially the second half, I'm wondering how certain things are happening that I never got to stop and ask why. Like, okay. to what end are these characters doing these things? Why are we needing to accomplish this? I never even got to ask that question in my own head because I was still asking how. Like, how is that happening? How is this happening? And then the second time seeing it, I was able to focus a lot more on the why, and there was a little bit more there, and I enjoyed it a lot more. But if a film truly requires... now. The caveat here is I'm a dumb person and I'm stupid and maybe some people totally got it and totally could hear everything and they really enjoyed it and one time was enough for them. You know, all the more power to those people. But for the people like me, okay, the simpletons, um, <laughs> if, it, if a movie truly requires a second viewing to grasp just a foundational plot point of what's happening, right? Like, is that a good movie? Does it stand on its own? Now, I would call it a good movie after the second time I saw it. Now, if I were to rank, we'll talk about ranking the Nolan films in a later sure, episode. Sure. It's middle of the pack for me, okay? It's definitely not as bad as Dark Knight Rises. It's not as bad as The Prestige, two okay. movies I did not enjoy that much. Um, it's middle of the pack, though. It's really, it's, it's right in the middle. Um, now, it, maybe it'll rise with more viewings and more time. It's certainly possible. But after two viewings, it's middle of the pack. Again, I'll go into more details why that is on a later episode. But. Nolan is it reminds me of Tarantino when he did uh, Hateful Eight and I felt mm-hmm. like it was just Tarantino uninhibited like someone needed to rein him in just a tad it was a little too gratuitous Tarantino like he just he leaned into some of his worser impulses I feel like Nolan did that here a bit where it was like he really went in on this time bending stuff to the point where it was like oh man it's really hard to figure out what's going on especially since I can't hear the people but like it really requires you to consider how cause and effect is happening in this film. Um, now, people love that. This is a movie made for Reddit, right? Like, I, I, I'm sure, and I haven't really done a deep dive, but I'm sure that there are just unlimited a number of Reddit threads where people are breaking down this mystery box. And some people really love that. They want to just keep peeling back all the layers, and that's great. But if someone wants to go have a good time at the movies for one night and turn off their brain, I don't know that they're going to watch Tenet and walk out being like, hey, that was... That was just a fun hang. Like, that was a good time at the movies, and I totally understood what was happening. 
and let me go home and I don't have to watch this again or think about it again. It's not exactly escapist cinema in that sense. Mm -hmm. It really requires you to kind of try to put it together. But that's the thing I've heard, honestly, most often from people is just being like, you know, it was action. It was cool. It was fun to watch. But like, I did not understand what was happening. I didn't understand what was happening. So like, you're saying it's not worth getting COVID over. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, dude. I'd get COVID twice. twice <laughs> one Monday through Friday and twice on Sundays. I would get COVID all well, the time. <laughs> here's the thing. Like, I, I, I say that jokingly, but now yeah. we have to factor that into when we go see a movie. Sure. Yeah. Is it worth getting sure. infected over? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, can you see that comment? Like, There's a comment from yeah. Libby Thomas. Okay. Libby. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Was the audio not great for you, though? Sometimes it was really hard to hear dialogue, and I wasn't sure if that was intentional in my theater or whoa. So, yeah. Um, so, great question. I think a lot of people are confused thinking it's like an issue with the audio at their theater. Wow. The, the truth is, is we have a history of Christopher Nolan refusing to mix his audio correctly. Uh, famously, Warner Brothers made him remix Dark Knight Rises because... Uh, they had released like the opening, like the intro, the prologue with Bane on the plane. And no one, they, they released that like six months before the movie came out. It played before a Star Wars movie or something, or I, I forgot what it was. And people were like, we can't hear a word coming out of Tom Hardy's mouth. And, and Chris Nolan's like, nope, that's how I meant. For, I meant, I want it mixed just like that. And Warner Brothers was like, no, we can't have the main villain unintelligible, like inaudible. Like, we can't have that. And so he had to remix it. But this, is, this happens time and time again in Nolan movies. Very loud bass, very loud music, loud background noise, and the audio is just, it's coming through an apparatus, <laughs> it's coming through. You know, in a lot of this movie, they're wearing, you know, they're wearing ga uh, oxygen masks. And it's just like, I don't, what are they saying? Like, it's, I, I don't know. I just felt like, Nolan, you can't do this, man. You can't have these most, con like, super convoluted, complicated plot points and then not let us hear what people are saying. You, you, we gotta stop this, like. It, it really drove me crazy they did it because, because I'll tell you, and I, I know I'm sounding really negative, I'll tell you, John David Washington is an action movie star, and I'm all in. I'm all in on JDW. He is so good in this movie. Robert Pattinson continues this, this incredible run that he has been on, his, on, on these films that he's chosen, and I can't wait to see him as Batman. He is so much fun in this movie. Even Kenneth Branagh doing you know mother russia brana you know like he was fun you know doing his accent you know his accent works great uh he's a really uh kind of terrifying villain it was really fun these are great actors it was fun to play with honestly john david washington is is going to be a joy i wish that there was more character development maybe uh, but this isn't a movie about character development if you're if you're looking for character work this is not the movie for you this is really just you get thrown in with these characters and then it's going to be all about the plot mechanics and the world building of what he's done here Wow. And okay. so, but that's that's Nolan. I feel like Nolan, with the exception of Interstellar, um, maybe Memento, um, Interstellar is a tremendous amount of character development. But like this one is, you know, it's it's like Inception in the sense of like you know you get a little bit of backstory, but really not much. So. Yeah, yeah I mean, you honestly, I try to like you know keep my because it's Nolan. Obviously, I have expectations going into it and. And I, he's one of the most interesting filmmakers uh, right now. Um, probably not one of my favorite, but he's one, definitely one of the most interesting. I, I make sure to go see all his movies mm. in the theater. Uh, for this one, I was very, very much hyped. Um, I love that the teaser trailer that they dropped. I thought it was really, yeah. really interesting. Um, 
And, you know, hearing your thoughts, even if you're not going into detail, it does make me a little, um, a little like pensive to get myself overhyped. Like, I, really, I just want to like pull back on my expectations. But still, I'm still like really intrigued about what what's going to play out in this movie. Um, even if I don't love it, I do like the experience of, of seeing a, a Nolan movie um, on the big screen because I think his movies obviously like. That's his thing, really. Uh, you know, like a Spielberg or, you know, there's a bunch of other directors where you have to see their movie on the big screen um, to really appreciate it. And I think those those directors are like, they're, they're kind of falling out of favor be, um, just, you know, be, because of the nature of, of filmmaking and, and um, the way that uh, people consume uh, movies, you know, it's, it's smaller, it's, you know, it's, in, it's Netflix, it's on your TV. But uh, there's a few directors that are still holding strong to that. You know, we want that full experience, um, which I love. I've always loved going yeah. to movies. Um, I'm a huge fan of it, and I always will be, even if, you know, it, it stops happening. Um, I, this this whole, uh, you know, COVID thing is like, basically come at the worst possible time for movie theaters. Everyone has been looking for a reason to stop going out uh, because they consider it inconvenient or, or too expensive or whatever. So this, like this honestly and legitimately could kill the movie uh, theater experience, which really sucks. I hate that. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'll always go, I'll always go to the yes. movies. Um, and this was like one of the, this was probably the movie this year that I was looking forward to the most experiencing it um, in a movie theater in that setting. Uh, so it, it's, it's kind of a bummer that it's not as good as um, you hoped it would be, or, you know, the world hoped it would be, I think not just put, pl- putting it on you but just the reviews in general have been pretty um mixed. not not great mixed exactly they've been not terrible not terrible but yeah because definitely I've, not look i will say loved. this is a spectacle like i said at the beginning it's a That's spectacle I, that should be that. experienced on the big screen like no one is making movies like nolan anymore not like this there yeah. are explosions in this movie uh, specifically towards the end there's a building where there's this dual explosion. I won't go into too much more detail than that. I mean, it's not a spoiler or anything like that. It's not, it's not really all critical to the plot. But it's just a really cool spectacle that is like, whoa. I, I, I'm sitting in the theater like, <laughs> like that wasn't CGI. <laughs> like, this was, this was a building that had this dual explosion thing that was such a cool effect. Uh, Maybe minimal CGI, but there are like, you know, there was a the opening scene was played before Rise of Skywalker and there is an explosion in this opera house that is so cool and it's so real that they actually blew this section up uh, that it's just watching. It's like that in the Mission Impossible movies directed by Christopher McQuarrie, really some of the only few films that are doing the action in such a practical way that creates a spectacle that cannot be duplicated, cannot be replicated, I should say. Uh, in a CGI or on a computer and it's just it's relentless like everything about it feels so tactile and so physical and so like it's it's really special on the big screen the story is where you know you'll there's going to be people will get varying mileage I guess uh, mileage may vary for people on <laughs> whether or not this totally worked for them uh, my little brother loved this movie. My my oh, lackluster response to it, which was like, you know, there's a lot I liked about it. There was a lot I was just kind of, especially my first time seeing it, I was just like, I don't like being this confused coming out of a movie. And uh, he was very defensive. He was like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. And he was like, he was like, ask me any question you have. Like, I'm, I'm ready to answer. He'd seen it twice at that point. 
and he loved the movie. Is he a, uh, a traditionally a Nolan acolyte? Yeah, I think in his Twitter bio he says, I think literally his Twitter bio is, if Christopher Nolan made it, I'll see it. Wow. So, okay. I know. I know. So um, I don't. Yeah. Which is not great. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. No, he loves Nolan. Loves, okay. loves Nolan more than I. You know, I was introduced to Nolan by you with a with a bootleg copy of Memento back in 2001. <laughs> I wish I still had that copy. By the it's way. a great copy. It was a great it. burn. It was yeah. it was honestly a great burn. I think you got it. You might have ripped it from Netflix DVD. Oh, but... 100. percent I did rip it from <laughs> Netflix. So <laughs> um, yeah, it was in 2001. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was my introduction to Nolan. I remember you giving it to me and also saying that this is the guy that's going to be making Batman, the new Batman. Because, you know, Dark Knight came out like a couple years mm-hmm. after that. He had just been hired to make it or something yeah. like that. But anyway, uh, my, my little brother is such a big fan and he is very defensive of the film. And, and we've had multiple conversations now about it. And it has been help- like he was able to clear up some stuff. But that kind of contributed to my concern about like if someone needs a guide after this movie to walk them through what happened and how and why like i don't know i don't know if a movie needs to stand on its own but to my little brother it did first time and second time i do think this is a movie that gets better with multiple viewings i just there's a it's a level of complication that is tough all right so to that i would say i'm of two minds one is like i agree with you absolutely like you, you really shouldn't need a Nolan whisperer to <laughs> to decode yeah. what's happening in the movie. However, famously, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 mm. is like that. That is the movie where where you basically went into it blind and you you came yeah. out of it like either scratching your head like what did I just watch, or you kind of fell in love with it after that first viewing and then you watched it like ten more times. Um, yeah. So there's that's like historically that's one of the movies where. Like if I don't know the first time you watched it, how did you feel about two thousand? Not I didn't. I disliked it very much. I was also Same very. Here. I was very yeah. young mm-hmm. when I watched it, uh, like sixth grade or something. Like oh, I wasn't. Yeah, it's a little little young. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it may be middle school, but still, I wasn't even in high school yet. And I remember, I remember I watched. I watched it with my dad. And I remember the monkeys, and I remember mm-hmm. like being confused the whole time, you know. And it it took me a while for me to revisit two thousand one because it was just kind of like yeah that's a weird weird movie that's all I very, remember thinking yeah, yeah very odd and I think uh, you know so I like a challenging movie and I think uh, Nolan is definitely influenced by Kubrick um, yes. along with a million other directors are but all of them <laughs> um, so like I said I'm of two minds right so on one hand I think that you owe it to your audience to actually you know if if you're making a big budget tentpole movie you kind of owe it to your audience to to give them some story and and yeah. some characters um ideally um now if you're making an art house movie if you're making an independent film just do whatever you want take as many uh yeah. experimental moves as you want um but if you're christopher nolan and you're in the budget of your movie is like what 250 million yeah. plus or whatever it costs to make this thing um Maybe spend some <laughs> spend some time on the backstory, the characters. Give me a little yeah. uh, plot development. Um, give me an arc, a character arc. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know what happens in the movie, but it's, yeah. those are kind of the things that I expect in a tentpole summer picture like Tenant is supposed to, or was supposed to be. Um, and it's Nolan, so he's you know that's what you kind of expect. He's he makes so he makes like the popcorn movies for people that. I don't want to say it, but it's people that think they're smart. So, mm. it's <laughs> that's so wow. I mean, that's that's when I first watched Nolan. It was like, oh man. So when I first watched uh, 
momentum i was like oh okay so i get that this is for me like i'm someone that like he made this movie for me basically because i'm not i'm more discerning as a moviegoer i don't like the typical uh fast and the furious or whatever um and and i feel like so that's like that was his niche and then he's built on that niche to like now expand it expand it to make like to be the biggest filmmaker um in hollywood at the moment i would say he probably is probably Uh, but also wants to carry that like uh like uh, I don't know what you would call that, like the um, that that the cred, the street cred, basically, to be like a thinking man's director, someone who who makes films uh, for film goers, film lovers, not just people that go to the movies. Um, so, so I so like that plays all into my expectations for this movie too. So it, it's I again I'm kind of intrigued by the fact that it doesn't have a traditional. Uh, what you would expect narrative with character development and, and plot points. And well, it sounds like it doesn't have that. Um, but also it could, I can totally see why that would be considered detriment. <laughs> so, so I think it is worth mentioning though, that as much as I'm hearing people talk about this state of confusion that they're in or it being really trippy or whatever, I will say generally people are still enjoying the experience. Like, no one's I haven't had too many people walking out being like I hated that or I dis- okay. even disliked it the worst I've heard is indifference from people being like ah, that was really confusing and I don't have time to see that a second time uh, you know like I've heard that um, from my close friend Parker who I'll mm-hmm. shout out on here Parker Whiteman who is not a dumb individual <laughs> I'll say that much this is a, a very smart person a computer programmer uh, this is someone who loves Nolan movies generally, I think. And uh, he was kind of like, yeah, you know, I think he, he had a very similar response that I did, which was like, oh, it was hard to really keep up with what exactly what was happening. And, you know, I haven't, he hasn't really thought about it much since. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's about as negative as I've heard. Most people, even in a confused state, still would be like, wow, like, well, that was quite a spectacle. It was cool to see on the big and- screen or it was action. That was fun. It's right. really the moment it's. It, for me, I enjoyed my first viewing of it the second I decided that it wasn't worth trying to figure out what was happening. Once I okay. threw my hands up in the air, I'd be like, you know what? I'm not going to – I need to stop worrying about how things are happening or why things are happening and just sit back and enjoy the ride and just realize that I'll try to put these pieces together later. Once I did that, it was much more enjoyable because there's a lot that happens, and it's, and it's really fun to look at. It's mm-hmm. really an incredibly well-made movie in, in terms of the production design and the effects and the camera. Everything is really a lot to look at. It is literally a spectacle. Yeah, but, and I think that takes a true master as a filmmaker yes, to make yeah. a movie where um, even though people come out of it confused, they still re- they were still entertained by people it. People were entertained, like yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, it's one thing to make a confusing movie that sucks, which, like, you know, basically anyone can do, or to make a confusing yeah, yeah. movie oh, and that they do. people yeah. were entertained by, which is like, that's part of his genius, I suppose, and why yeah. he's a master. So, again, yeah. that makes, now, so that's a plus for me. So, again, I'm, it's my a expectations plus. are People are confused, are but still enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I cool. think that's, that's fair fine to say me. a majority yeah. of the people I've talked to certainly mm-hmm. have had that sentiment. So, uh, it's worth seeing. It's the, the moment that you have movie theaters reopened and you feel comfortable and safe to go in and watch them. I would do it. I would go see Tenet. That's, you know, if you are listening to this, we have a lot of octogenarians that listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. We're big in that community. Uh, I used to hand out flyers in nursing homes for the Brave Little Podcast. So we've built up a bit of a following there. You folks are going to want to skip this one. Uh, Oh, yeah. You're going to want to skip all of them. 
for the yeah. rest of your life. So, <laughs> if yeah. you have a comorbidity, stay out <laughs> of the movie theater. No comorbidities allowed. No. Not no. even one. No. Um, we do not want you on that stat line. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, seriously, if you uh, if you feel comfortable, go. Um, I had a whole row to myself my first time going, which helped. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped. But like, it's funny because the rules of the theaters are quite literally, you have to keep your mask on even in the auditorium unless you're eating popcorn or drinking soda. And everyone walks in, sits down, takes their mask off, and it's never put on again. Of course and not. What? Of course not. I, I, I do not begrudge anyone. Of course not. Because I'm going right. to be munching on popcorn throughout. It's, this isn't like a popcorn's not a meal that mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, I'm going to take my mask off, take 10 minutes to enjoy this delicious popcorn, and then put my mask on again. That's not going to happen. I'm so, going to eat it across the two and a half hour movie. Well, we knew that was going to happen because what happens in movie theater in general? People take their shoes off. People oh take their, gosh. <laughs> their cl- oh basically my half gosh. their clothes off. Oh you know, my gosh. If you I, know could, I wish I could. In, this is going to sound terrible. I wish I could inject COVID just into the people that take their shoes <laughs> off. Like you deserve that. <laughs> it happens all the I'm time. I'm way more offended by people who take their shoes off on airplanes <laughs> or in movie theaters than by people who take their masks off during a pandemic. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Way more toxins and bacteria and vi- viral issues with it, the feet. That's a, you know that's a fair trade off for me. If you want to take your mask off, leave your shoes on. Leave your shoes on. Yeah, exactly. I can deal with that. Yes, I would. If someone's about to take their shoes off, <laughs> oh my gosh, I would literally barter with them. I would do whatever yeah. it took to keep them on. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I'm really I am excited for you to see it. I'm excited. Yeah, to talk I'm gonna about try. It I'm gonna try like try to see it um so we uh my wife and i have a road trip coming up yeah um at the end of the month and i think we're gonna be we're gonna be in some counties where the movie theaters will be open so now to consider this road trip from what i understand you're you're driving to a swing state in order to cast your vote in a state that counts uh you're doing a mail-in plan I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen these people that like they're like huge yeah. baseball fans and they like uh, spend an entire summer going to every stadium. Yeah. Uh, so my plan is to vote in every state. Vote in every state. Yeah. If if honestly, I think just to save you some time and some mileage mm-hmm. on the, on that RV you're gonna be riding in, <laughs> just maybe limit it to Michigan, Wisconsin, okay. Florida. Right. I'm writing this uh, down. Maybe uh-huh. even North Carolina if you got time. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Denver, Arizona. Uh, well, if you listen to some of my relatives, Colorado. California is going to be a toss-up as well this time oh, around. Gosh. So. Could you imagine? Oh, could you imagine? Yeah, uh, I can actually. <laughs> well, no, I'm just imagining what it would be like to vote in a state for vote for president when, uh, and have my vote actually matter, right? Oh, like, I know. Could you I imagine that of feeling day. of casting a vote that counts? No, I can't even. But imagine we it. have the electoral college, so wah wah. We don't <laughs> matter. We don't get votes that count. We really don't. <laughs> You so lose. It is what it is. Shout out to our friends in the Midwest <laughs> and in the other swing states. So, <laughs> so yeah, I will be. I think. Uh, I think we have the option to see this movie at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Colorado's got some theaters open. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be we'll be driving through Nevada, uh, oh, Southern yeah. Utah, and then Colorado. Oh as well, yeah, Utah. So. If you're in Southern Utah, their theaters are wide open. So. Oh yeah. Go to, if you're in Southern Utah, you'll go through St. George. Um, and there's uh, no virus there is what I hear. Nope. 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 Never existed there. So, um, Mm. 
Yeah. So it's, I mean, St. George is a bit of a retirement community. It's become a retirement community. So I think they've been, they've taken a lot of extra precautions to squash that oh, virus. Yeah. It's long gone. Good. But seriously, go see it if on that road trip. Yeah. And then we'll talk. I think about we it. will. Uh, all right. I think that's it. Anything else you want to hit? No, that's, uh, that was very informative. I appreciate the insight. Sure. And now today I can honestly say I'm, I am actually more intrigued than oh. I was okay. uh, yesterday about this movie. Well, we're going to do a whole Nolan breakdown once you do see it. Not just a We tenet. might do several episodes on Nolan. Yeah. we got to yeah. get your little brother on. Or your younger should... brother. Sorry, not your little oh, brother. We, oh, yeah. I think he's no, taller he, than you, isn't okay. he? Okay. Uh, easy. Easy. Uh, yeah, he's taller. Gosh dang it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted in life was to hit six foot and didn't even get close. So. <laughs> I know you can um, get some lifts. I would love to bring him Endorsed by the president. On. We should bring him on. <laughs> we, uh, we'll bring him on. We'll bring on Brandon. He'd be happy. Uh, Brando. Yeah, good old Brando. That's what we used to call him. We called him Marlon growing up. Well, Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron. Uh, thanks for joining me. Let's talk next week. Uh, Absolutely. There's other movies I've seen, by the way. I saw The Personal History of David Copperfield in theaters this Ooh. week as well. We've got more things to hit on. So lots to talk about. I'm excited to do it. So we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 